Hi, I'm Phil Liggett, and you're listening to the Two Johns Podcast. Bienvenue to the Two Johns Podcast, a show dedicated to the belief that you can never have too many bikes in the garage, and it's always a good day for a ride. And now, here are the Two Johns. All right, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're rocking out. Welcome to the Two Johns Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Two Johns Podcast. Hi, John. Hey, John. How's it going? I am uh, Dr. Fuentes. Welcome to my laboratory. <laughs> oh, did I leave my bags of blood at your place? Welcome, welcome. Uh, sorry this podcast is late. We, uh, John was out of town. Yeah, I was out of town, So, um, but I'm back. And I was on a mantathlon bike ride, so <laughs> we didn't get to it. But we got a lot to get to today, the normal stuff, international scene, local report, technology, a little bit of listener feedback, no interview. I did it, um, email potential interviewee today, so we should find out something hopefully soon. So why don't we get right to international? All right, you're chasing down a very special guest. I am for a very special episode. Very special. Hopefully to take place this month in May. But let's uh, get started with international. International scene. International scene. Right. We um, during the last podcast, we said we weren't going to talk about doping anymore. But we can't help it now. There's so much going on. Oh my goodness! It's it really is a shame. So the latest news today is that Ivan Basso admits to working with Dr. Fuentes, who was at the center of the the um, Operation Puerto. Yeah. And Basso says what? Basso says, you know what? Those were my, they were sure it was my blood with my dog's name on it, but I never took, I never used it. It, I was thinking of using it, but never used it. Okay, so if you, if you want to kill your spouse. Yes. Your husband, wife, whatever, and you hire a hitman, and the hitman takes your money and your contract, but then doesn't kill your spouse and goes to the police. Don't you think you get arrested? Yes, I do think you're you still do. guilty. Your yes. intent—it's a criminal intent. Yes. So is Basso in trouble? Yes. <laughs> Will he race in the next four years? Well, I think what he's banking on is the fact that he came forward <laughs> a, week, or a year after being busted uh-huh. or being implicated, came forward, and is hoping to have some sort of deal that retroactively helps him, or a deal that retroactively. Uh, has him race, or it starts maybe a year ago, and so he only sits out one year. Oh, there's no way. Yeah, he's not uh, racing for at least two years. Right. He's, that's what uh, McQuaid said today. Is that you know what? Whether he did, whether, no matter what happened, whether he did it, but from when he says he took it, or when he was impl- implicated, yes. So now the um, I, actually, I have to say, do you think he learned that trick from Dario Frigo? What did Frigo do? Frigo, Frigo was busted with these ampules that he thought was EPO uh-huh. that he bought in a train station uh, <laughs> and said, well, I haven't taken EPO. I was thinking I might take it if I had to during the Giro, uh-huh. 
but I haven't taken it. And so they went through and they, they did the tests, and it didn't end up being EPO after all. He bought, like, bogus EPO, like buying a baggie of cilantro or something. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of the Giro, well, we'll, we'll stay tuned to the Basso um, story as it develops. The Giro, what else do they call the Giro? What, and I would just learn this one. What, what else do they – who – what would, say, somebody in uh, Fuentes – uh, camp call it. I don't know. What was the code name for it? Uh, the Spring Festival. The Spring Festival. Nice. Well, the Spring <laughs> Festival begins on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Didn't the Giro always used to be? No, I guess it It used to be. No, I, I guess it's mid-May. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is right. They haven't messed with that date. They have not messed with that date. It's it's um It begins on Saturday, and notably absent from the Giro start list is Tinkoff's Tyler Hamilton. Yeah, well, I After think that After all they've... the talk, this was going to be his race, I'm coming back, I'm going to race in the Giro, and now he's not racing in the Giro. They held him out. Who Tink- held him out? Tinkoff. Did they say they held him out? I think or... they said they held him out. So, Him so, and Hondo. Because yeah. of the, the their links to... Operation Puerto. Yes. They didn't want – well, so um, heading up Tinkoff's system is uh, Salvatore Camesso. Yeah, he's uh... – <laughs> Who is not exactly the, the most squeaky clean of riders. Right? <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. And he looks a little uh, – looks like he's put on a couple LBs over the winter too. Um, and we also have Milram headed up by Pataki, CSC. Headed up by, I, it's interesting that they picked Cancellara to be their number one rider because he can time trial certainly. He won the World Time Trial Championships. He can ride the one days. He rode one Perry Roubaix in uh, 06. Um, but it's interesting that they put him as their number one guy for um, a, a, a multi day stage race, you know, a three week grand tour. Yeah, you're right. That is kind of odd because. Why not Zabriskie? Uh, I would say Zabriskie probably because he, uh, why not Schleck? Right. Andy Schleck. Maybe Frank this, Schleck's brother. you know why maybe they put Cancellara number one is because they didn't let him ride the Tour de France last year. Oh. Well, you know, he'll probably win the, the prologue. Yes. Uh, but what is it, the Tre Chima, uh, I forget the name of it. There's two really brutal climbs that are brutally steep in this year's Giro. I don't see uh, Cancellara. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Big, powerful guy. Big, powerful guy. I don't see him matching the accelerations of somebody like Chicken, who's the uh, leader for Rabobank. Right. We have Rabobank in the race in this year's Giro d'Italia, headed up by Michael Rasmussen from Denmark. Predictor Lotto's number one guy. I guess they're not going for the overall, huh? Uh, no, I don't think so. Their number one guy is Robbie McEwen. Um, they're going for stage wins, certainly. Licky Gas is headed up by Daniello De Luca. Garol Steiner is David Rebellin. Um, Frances De Jeu is Carlos De Cruz, who's French. That's a strange name for a French guy. Uh, Uscatel Uscadis, well, number kind, one. Is that kind of like uh, the cult hero of Armand de las Cuevas? <laughs> <laughs> Uscatel Uscadis, number one guy, is Benet. Albizuri Aransolo, of course, from Spain. Discovery Channel has a pretty interesting squad for the Giro. They might 
people a surprise and win the race. They have uh, Popovich heading up, but they also um, have Hincapi on the team, uh, Rubiera is on the team, uh, Matty White is on the team, uh, Padros from Czechoslovakia is on the team. Um, interesting that they didn't put the kid Reykjavik, who won Tour of Georgia. Yeah, that is kind of interesting. On the team. Well, Popovich has always had kind of a, had a relationship with the Giro. I mean, he's been, I mean, even before he came to Discovery, he was tipped as a, as a Giro guy. I think as an amateur, it's that whole, uh, Colnago Russian, uh, connection. I mean, I think he was under 23 world champion. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on, if not on the road, it was on the, in the time trial. And then I think, uh, all of Italy was waiting for him to win something even bigger. Credit Agricole is sending a squad, a French team with two French people on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, uh, headed up, uh, by Pietro Caccioli, Caccioli, who's Italian. And they also have a, have you ever heard of Nicolas Roche? Yes. Is that Stephen Roche's son? I think it is. Really? Mm-hmm. Irish guy. Confidi is, uh, is headed up by a Colombian named Ivan Ramiro Parapinto. A uh, Colombian, of course. Navigare. Maybe right. he'll be the, uh, the Rihano of this year's Euro. Navigare, Navigare, the Chiramachi Panaria team, Emmanuel Sella. Uh, Castis de Parna is uh, David Arroyo Duran from Duran Duran. Does uh, he pitch for the Reds? <laughs> Who? Arroyo. Oh, Bronson Arroyo, yeah. Olivier Bonaire is heading up. Buigi Telecom, AGT, AG2R is Ronaldo Nocentini. And uh, who else is in? Aqua Isaponi with Garzelli. Oh, I can't believe VDB's not uh, not racing. Lampre has uh, Quinego as their top dog. Sonier Duval is Gerberto Simone coming off a pretty good performance um, at um, Flesh Walloon. No, what was the one he just got 20th in two weeks ago? Oh, Liege probably. Uh, Liege. But you know what will be interesting is to see what happens with uh, the protege. There's two names at the top of that list and at the bottom of the list, Simone mm-hmm. and Rico. Ricardo Rico is... Uh, Young Stallion. Right. And in a Swiss or in a um an Italian race, of course, the tempers Yeah. Or not the tempers, but the emotions. The bravado, the oh, what was the who's the guy that speaking of Roche, um Vicentini. Uh-huh. You know, the all of course all the Italians want to win this race. Right. And uh Big Rico game. I'm sure has dreams and we may see a replay of the Simone Cunego battle. Split. And then uh, Astana has Salvadello, Salvadelli uh, heading it up. Uh, Paolo Bettini is number one on Quick Step Squad for the Giro. And I think that's about it for the start list. So they have uh, everybody but Tyler Hamilton is probably the most noticeably absent guy. Yeah, you know, the Giro is always interesting. I know it's not the tour, but it looks it looks like people ride a little more slowly between the climbs and it's not you know it's not the speed of the of the tour but i always think it's an interesting race the way it plays out the year that i did it um as a mechanic it started on the isola delba the island off of the western coast near bologna i think where napoleon was exiled 
So it's this really small island. That's where the prologue was. And then it went inland and down the west coast all the way to Sicily and then came up the spur side before mm. going up north into the Dolomites and then dropping down into um, into Milan. And um, the southern part of Italy, and especially Sicily, is a, just a, incredibly hot in this time of the year, but um, really cool Roman ruins and just mm. very picturesque, and the, the fans go crazy for the race. It's because they're not working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've got a lot of time. So did you, did you, were you in the follow car going up the Mortirolo? Yes. In the second follow car. Yes, I was. Did the driver stall the car? Um, no. It was being driven by, um, uh, Paul Sherwin. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a stick shift car. It was a diesel, 300 turbo diesel Mercedes wagon. Oh, at least it had some torque. Yeah, and a lot of weight, <laughs> yeah. like hurtling in a bobsled going down the other side. So you didn't have one of those Fiats, those boxy Fiats at the time? No. Oh. Mercedes. That's good. So that's about it for our international news. Tune in for, uh, I'm sure there'll be more developments. Who knows who could be next on uh, on the list to be implicated in the, this digging up the uh, Puerto stuff again. I think Contador was also involved in that, and Paulino Mm-hmm. who just coincidentally ride for Discovery. Yes. Um, you know what I also think is kind of interesting? So all these guys have these bags of blood with their dog's names on it. Somebody else have their dog's name, uh, have medication for their dog. Does that ring a bell to you? Well, I know um, Museo. Didn't Museo? Oh, no, who was the Belgian guy who had... Who said... Was it VDB? It was VDB. He said it was for a goat <laughs> or something. Didn't he have livestock? No, well, I don't know. That may have been somebody else. But, yeah, he, he said, oh, that EPO is for my dog. Dog EPO. Yes. All oh. right. So enough of that. Let's yeah. get to some local news. All right. Local news. This past weekend, as we know, John, you weren't in town, so you did not race. Nope. I was uh, doing a marathon walk. I had commitments both Saturday and Sunday at about 2 in the afternoon, so I did not race. However, teammate Scott? Well, no. However, I did get in two very nice five-hour rides. Oh, wow. Back-to-back. Got a nice suntan and put in some mega miles. I noticed the tan lines on your... Your ankles. <laughs> They're like a foot up from your foot oh, because yeah. of the high socks. It's the nice tall socks. <laughs> and it was bizarre because here in uh, Cincinnati, the wind usually blows out of the west, um, sometimes the southwest, but it's usually prevailing westerly wind, I would say. Wouldn't you? Yeah. South, yeah. southwest. Was it windy this weekend? Here? On, yeah, on Sunday it was coming out of the northeast. Mm. So I did a loop anticipating that uh, where I would be in the open exposed cornfields, I would not be getting blasted with the headwind. Um, but it turned out the wind direction was not what I thought. So I spent the first two and a half hours of my ride by myself battling a, a 20 mile per hour headwind Ugh. on Saturday. But anyway. See, but- it's because you ride in those flat open areas. I, I always try to manage my ride so that I'm well, I was trying to manage the ride, so I wasn't oh. going to be in the windy section on the flat open area. And then I dropped down to some nice hilly 
uh, and rolling and little roads by the river out mm-hmm. around Fort Ancient, but but the wind fooled me. But anyway, I'm not complaining. I got two good training yeah. rides in. It was really windy in Boston, uh-huh. and it was cold. It's like in the 50s. You see any bicycle commuters? There are tons of bicycle commuters. What kind of bikes were they on? Fixies? Fixies. Sans brakes, like a legitimate fixie. No front brake or anything? Nothing. Nice. Were they doing the rear wh- rear wheel skid to come to a stop or the bounce? I didn't see any of that. They I don't know how they – I guess it was – nobody was in a hurry. So um, there was some – well, backing up from this past weekend, the weekend before, we had a Criterium in Columbus a race around the chase, chase that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, on our last podcast, and we come to find out that our teammate Pete got fourth in the race around the chase. And then on Sunday was the Rabbit Hash Road Race, which was the last race in the Ohio Valley Spring Series. And teammate Pete, who was by himself, yeah, I was, no, I was no help to him. I was, uh, I guess, oh, you him, were there. I was there, but I was giving him mental support after I got dropped. So teammate Pete won the race. He took care of business. Took the sprint from a breakaway of six riders, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. So good job for Pete. He is on good form right yeah. now. Very good. Um, it looks like our next team outing will be at a race, or I guess you might call it a, a Ciclo or a Brevet um, called Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla, that's right. Hadn't you heard about that? I've heard of Godzilla. I saw Godzilla spray-painted on the roads tonight uh-huh. that I was riding. So this is a 126-miler, but I think the team may start the ride. It's, a, it's, a, it's an actual point-to-point. It's not a loop or anything. So I think the talk is that we're going to start the ride and do the first half of it. And then turn around and come back. Yeah, no, turn around at 60 miles or something. Yeah, I don't know. That sound like fun to you? I, I don't know, because the first part of it's the boring part. Well, they hit the first hill at uh, 40 miles, so oh, at least right. we so get 20 miles health. of hills in. Yeah, so fine. Um, other than that, not much local scene to report. This is the last Godzilla, by the way, isn't it? it? That's what he says, if he doesn't get the promotion. And we have a link to that on our blog um, to the Godzilla page. It's fairly entertaining, and there's a good um, uh, trash talk. The trash talk's the only good thing on that website. Although there hasn't been much trash talk lately. No, there's, but there is a reference to Two John's podcast on the trash talk. Yes, there is. And I, somebody actually had a... Didn't they have a um, suggestion for the name? It should be like Two John's Blazing Podcast or something like that? Something like that. So um, you went on a... Um, group ride tonight john didn't you? yeah well i guess you could call this local news <laughs> tell us about it yeah I, I went on this uh it's a recently started uh tuesday night group ride uh we go along the river and we hit two climbs um once we we how far is it eight miles ten miles down to new richmond from here from the um from, from the airport Island. yeah i think it's more i think it's about ten miles mm so it's about ten that miles. That was the Nationals' there. time trial course. Oh, it started at um, that park there by two seventy-five, uh-huh. and it must have gone out. We needed at least ten miles. So, oh, yeah, it's all right. Than, well, I, I guess it's more it is than 10, ten miles. miles. All right, so we fly down there. I mean, we were doing thirty something. It was the easiest thirty something. It was is it was almost like doing if you've ever done the Eagle Creek fast crit. Uh-huh. 
Have you? Yes. It's the easiest 30 mile crit, 30 mile an hour average crit I've ever done. You're just getting sucked along? Yeah. Were there any tandems on the ride? Yes, there were. There were tandems. Okay, so the, 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 describe to me the beginning of the ride. What what time, did the ride leave on time? No, it did not. What time? Well, I guess, I don't know, this is my first time. I thought it left at six, but that's like when everybody starts getting there. Uh-huh. And then we don't roll out till a little after 6.15. Uh-huh. We ride, you know, it's a big blob, a big blob of riders. Of kind 50 of, people. At least 50. Okay. And who, who, what skill levels? Who's on this ride? Everybody. <laughs> All right. Everybody. And uh, it wasn't bad. You know, on the way out, it wasn't bad. So then we hit the um, – we fly out there, and we were cruising too. I mean, as I said, it was over 30, easy easy to sit in. Um, so we ride through New Richmond. We do the climb of Bethel, New Richmond, which I don't – have you ever done that? Yes. It's a pretty good climb. Yes, about a mile. You know, I think it starts to get people tired. Uh, we ride on some really nice small roads up there, drop down, then drop at, back up and do a road – a climb called Fagan's Run. Right. Another good climb. It's a good stair step climb, about a little over a mile. Drop down this hairy descent, back into New Richmond, and then cruise back on fifty. And the bunch is sticking together on all this climbing and hairy descending. And all no, that. no, no. There's always, you know, you you wait for the people at the top. Uh, but I think what happened is that those climbs kind of knackered some of the uh-huh. lesser riders, and then on the way back. Just some goofy stuff happens in that, you know, I just was sitting on the back, but you see, I've never seen people pull out of a pace line so quickly, and I don't know how more people didn't, or how people did not crash. You mean like they throw out the anchor midway up the line? Like they're going along in the middle of the pace line, and they just whip out of the pace line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe that people didn't go down. And... um on. It's chaos. It really is chaos. So is it are people going to the front and taking their turns or is it like triathlon guys down on the bars pulling as hard as they can until you know, they I was, blow? I was on the back and I was behind a guy. Okay, so we're on the back. Uh-huh. You know, doing I was So you're on the back of a 60 person group? Yeah. That's and the guy and the guy, it is very dangerous. I, I just wanted to see what it was all about and uh-huh. you know, there was a guy the guy I was behind, uh-huh. he kept getting in and out of his arrow bars. Oh. Yeah. It was scary. I, eventually, I just, I'm like, I got to get away from this guy. This is this is scary because you're at the back of the pack. You're already being sucked along. Uh-huh. Why do you need to be on your arrow bars? You and it's a bumpy road, and the guy's kind of sketchy. And uh, it's, Would you say that this ride, at any given time, you're riding more than three abreast? Oh, Yes. We take up, it's a four-lane divided highway. We take up the right lane. We don't ride on the shoulder. Right lane. The whole right lane. The whole right lane. And cars are coming by you on the left going, how fast? 60. 60. 60. The man even drove by us on the way there and the way back, no problems. Didn't, really? Yeah. It's funny, you go to a bike race out in the middle of nowhere, and the man hassles the promoter. Right. <laughs> yeah. I bet if this ride, this is a relatively new phenomenon, this yeah, ride, right? it is. I predict that by summer's end, the, something's going to happen. The man is going to come down on the ride. Yeah. Are you blowing through the stoplights? I know there's some stoplights on 52. No, we, we, we don't, didn't blow through the stoplights. 
Okay. But, uh, you know, my it's relationship... It's like motor pacing. It, it is like motor pacing. And if you hit the front and take some pulls, you do a little intervals and then drop back. Yeah. It's like motor pacing. And then there's two good climbs along there, too. Would you do the ride again? Yeah, I would. Okay. Maybe I I'll would. do it next Tuesday. I'm, f- I'm fairly anti-group ride, as you know, but uh-huh. maybe I'll give it a try. You know, this is one thing I was thinking about through my uh, my cycling career. If it's, I guess it's a career. I guess my cycling activities. Uh-huh. <laughs> my relationship with group rides has changed a bit. I think when I first started, I was anti-group rides. Never did them. Uh-huh. I always trained with a couple people. Uh, we would go out and we would ride tempo. We would ride the hills hard. But, and then we would slowly just make sure we didn't peter out and just limp home. We would always keep the pressure on, especially towards the end of the ride. Yeah. And then have a proper cool down. Right. And I think that along the way, I started, when I moved back to Toledo, the riding is so boring there uh-huh. that the only thing that makes it interesting is doing group rides. Um, and so I think I started doing group rides. And then lately, I've, in the last few years, I've totally gone away from them. I guess I am, I am such an irritable person and, and such a... I mean, I'm a bike snob, basically. Mm-hmm. And it just irritates me to ride around people who don't observe the etiquette of a group ride, number one, mm-hmm. and who break traffic laws. I mean, I'm not going to say I've never rolled through a stop sign or a stoplight. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. But it, it, to, to go out there and make a, a, a really obvious visual impe- – it's not an impediment. I mean, we're allowed to be out there, but I just can't say that that – I can say that that probably doesn't foster goodwill toward like the general public when they see yeah. 60 guys blasting down the road. Although I don't think we slowed anybody down. Yeah. I don't think we slowed anybody down. But I guess I shouldn't knock it until I try it. So. Maybe we shouldn't be out there because I had somebody on my way to the ride tell me to ride on the bike path. When you're by yourself. When I'm by myself. Right. <laughs> you know what? We had more people honking going, woohoo, all right. And I don't know that anybody actually leaned out the door and like, get on the bike path. Okay. All right. So, again, I, I won't knock it until I try it. But it's an, it is another one of those rides organized by our local uh, our local uh, union organizer, Kippy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but now I, I do think that the group rides have a place because where else can you ride that fast and get that sort of change of pace that only a group ride? I know. I know another place. Last year when our teammates, Jeff... And uh, Jr. We're training for nationals tandem. What did you call it? <laughs> we, we would go out on Saturday mornings. It was the same effect, and there were only like five of us. That's right. So that was, was good. That was good training because there was no place to hide if you popped out of the pace line. That's true. So we would do those efforts around the front of the tandem, and then have to drop back in at 30 mph. That was good. Two men feeling out their new equipment. <laughs> It was referred to as broke back tandem. <laughs> and they they got a they podiumed at nationals yep. even with a mechanical. Yep. So, I don't know if they are they going to do it again this year? I don't know. Or if the injury, the broken shoulder injury has has it been too much of a setback? I thought they were still planning on doing it. Uh, okay. Well, I'd like to see them get out there on Saturday mornings again for some good tandem motor pacing. All right, that's enough for Local. Oh, I did want to mention one other thing. If you are in the Midwest and you're thinking about doing um, any racing here, a really good race that was – it was first year last year. I did it last year. It's a stage race 
called the Summer Solstice. Uh, you go to ohiovalleyracing.org this year. It is June 8th through the 10th, and it is a road race, road race, time trial, road race. Last year it was Criterium, road race, time trial, road race, but this year it's three road races and a time trial. Uh, go to ohiovalley.org. You can find out about it. Which is cool because it's not road race, time trial, crit. And I like that it doesn't start with the time trial either. The time trial is on Saturday evening, and last year was about five and a half miles. Do you have an arrow helmet? I don't. I just Mm. used, I fashioned something out of uh, cardboard and duct tape. No, I didn't. (laughs) Did not have an arrow helmet, and I still did okay. I just you, need, you should get one of those aero helmets, or the Rudy one with the sideburns. Uh-huh. Those are sweet. With the ear covers. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. All right, let's go to some listener feedback. Technology. Did I say listener feedback? I meant technology. He meant technology. We, we, we have to stick to the script, John. This is very, very structured. People are counting on us. <laughs> To fold their laundry during the technology section. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I, my question to you, John Corey, is: Do you think that I have to use carbon brake shoes for carbon for my carbon rims? Are your hands tuned like fine calipers that you can adjust the pressure of? Uh, the, the brakes are a little more grabby if you stick with your standard aluminum rim brake pad than if you go with the cork pad that's recommended okay and i'm not going to wear the finish off of my carbon rims any faster if i I use i do not believe so i have used standard brake pads on carbon rims for a long time i've raced on carbon rims for the last three years and i've just used normal brake shoes and i had some bike uh distributor representative tried to convince me that I had to use carbon rims, carbon brake shoes on my carbon rims. Mm. I don't know about that. You know what? I've had a pair of these Ambrosio Carbo X's mm-hmm. for seven years. Those are first generation Carbo carbon arrow rims. I don't know about first generation, but I was always impressed with the build quality of them uh-huh. and they built up nice and straight with no fighting. Unlike my zips that I had prior to that. But you didn't build your zips. I did build my zips. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With titanium spokes, which if anybody listening... Don't use titanium Don't spokes. use titanium spokes. They're, all, they're, uh, they're bad. They break. Well, you could, it feels like they're not getting tight enough, and then you tighten them and tighten them and tighten them, and they still feel bendy, and then poang. Right. Titanium's very elastic. Yeah. And which an elastic material combined with a high-tension rim... I even tied and soldered those things, and what would happen is no matter how I adjusted the rear derailleur, standing on a real steep climb, I would always, that derailleur would always touch the spokes. Would ping on the spokes. On the spokes, because it flexed so much, and I'm not a big guy. I don't produce a lot of Ws, mm-hmm. also known as watts, but, um, it, so don't build, a, don't ever build, a, but anyways, these wheels that I've had for a long time, never use cork pads and no problem no problem okay so i'm gonna stick with my regular brake shoes but um um i have used them in the rain too and it doesn't seem there there's a little delayed stopping it's a little grabby yeah well not grabby it's just like you hit the brakes and nothing happens and then it and then it goes yeah 
it's it's not the same feel as an aluminum rim. Yeah, that's true. With the standard brake pads. That's true. I always find that I'm using a little less, anyway, a little less pressure on the brake lever. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that's one of the great things about the Campy levers and the Mavic levers or uh, calipers that I use, is that they have such great modulation. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I know. I, I've been on this modulation thing for the Gamby brakes for a long time, but you know, it's it's you, there's just so much uh, range of of how much you're braking with them. It's not like the Shimano ones. I feel like on or off. They're either on or off. Right. I wonder why that is. Is it a, is it because the there's more leverage in the Shimano lever? I think that's what, I think that that's a part of it. I think that if you look at it, they have this big counterweight. On the Shimano, on the Weaver, since the the shifting mechanism is on one side of the pivot right. and your fingers on the other side of the pivot, right? You yeah, have that yeah, weight, yeah. You know, so you set that weight in motion, right? That's why they feel lighter because there's so much weight above the pivot point, right? Huh? I never thought about that. And that kind of counterbalances the spring tension, and it makes the, it really snaps back too. The weight sl- slams back into the lever when you release the brake. You get that thunk. Mm-hmm. And it may be the way they have it sprung. I'm sure they have a counter a return spring, spring. Yeah, but uh, and also if you look at the the Shimano or the Shimano calipers, mm-hmm. is they've hollowed everything out. I mean they've been like that for years. But if you watch one of those things, it's really there's a lot of flex in them. I haven't used the skeleton brakes yet, the campy ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you didn't see the same sort of flex in a prior to skeleton brakes. Uh, campy caliper compared to a Durace caliper. Okay. Um, also, in on the technology front, I moved my saddle. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was for the last few weeks after after the the previous three road races that I've done, which were all pretty hard. Um, I just could not get comfortable on my bike, and we got new kits. And I thought, is it the chamois? Oh, the chamois pad is a different thickness. Is it a different thickness or it's a different <laughs> width? Or, But it was like after an hour on the bike, I was climbing all over it like a crab. I was like up on the front, back, front, back. Just didn't feel comfortable. Mm. And I also didn't feel like I was getting good leverage over the pedals, especially when like accelerating up a climb, standing or sitting. So... I moved my saddle forward about a centimeter. Wow, that's pretty far. What you? What was the result? The result, well, effectively, that lowers your seat because you're moving your hips closer to your pedals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels more comfortable. I didn't. I'm not scooching around on the saddle, you know, front to back. Mm-hmm. As much as I was, I did it um, before I did these two five-hour rides this weekend, mm-hmm. and um, no like hot spots or saddle sores or anything. And um, I did it; it felt good. Now I am using um, specialized new seat post, which has just a single clamp. It has two conical oh, that's pieces. Mu- that's so much easier to adjust than the old one. But it came loose. Oh. Twice. Oh, wow. um, I, when I went over a bump while sitting on the saddle, the nose of the seat came up. Oh, that's awesome. And I thought I had it cranked. Luckily, I had a 5 millimeter with me um, it, just in case the fore-aft adjustment wasn't right and I had to change it back. But it did come loose. Mm. And I, I don't know what the torque specs are, but I 
had tightened it to what I thought was adequate. And then the second time I tightened it beyond what I thought was at, like in danger of breaking it. And it still came loose after I hit a bump. So I may mm. take it apart and take a look at it. Well, I noticed that that thing is made up of like four parts that as you tighten it, they all sort of mesh together. Uh-huh. And sometimes they grab before they actually mesh together into where they're supposed to seat. I thought it was just pressure of it looks like the the head of the seat post is exposed aluminum and then the two conical pieces that fit in on the side are like knurled or they have a roughed up surface mm-hmm. of aluminum and I thought it was just the friction of the softer metals coming together is what kept it in place once you tightened it. I didn't I, think there's any like I think that there's two uh wedges uh, that expand against the the circular clamp. Too. Oh, okay. I think there's there's a couple things going I'll on. I'll have to take it apart and look at it. Maybe just need a thin layer of grease on the two wedge pieces. But you don't think the grease would cause it to slide even more? No, the two wedge pieces on the al- inside. You would al- that would allow those two wedge pieces to come together. Yeah, and exert pressure. Not not grease the outer diameter of the wedge pieces, just mm-hmm. the inner diameter, okay. or the inner face. But anyway, the saddle adjustment. I was inspired by you, because you moved your side. Yeah, I know, I broke I broke <laughs> with our ultra-precise wobble knot fitting, and uh, with the new bike, I did mess around with my saddle height. I know, I hope, Jim Baldassar, if you're listening. <laughs> nothing I personal. Nothing personal, but I did make a change. Mine was a very slight change. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You say not slight a centimeter. Oh, a centimeter is is pretty good, but fore aft. I one don't think thing it's, I wonder, as drastic as height saddle height adjustment. So you moved it fore aft. Do you sit on the same part of the saddle now as you sat then? So it's an effective one, or do you sit on the wider part of the saddle? Because I sit on the wider part of the saddle more often. Before I was moving up to the nose mm-hmm. for some riding, and then I was coming back to the back. For some riding, but now I find myself just sitting on the fat part of the saddle, which would also be another reason why now your saddle would move up because you're right. sitting for the back. Right, right. Uh, I don't. Know. So that's it for technology. Yeah, I, I think so. Was that it? Yeah, I think that's all I have. Saddle adjustment. Yeah, and uh, you know your listener feedback, which we'll get to next doesn't have to be limited to just telling us how great we are and how much you enjoy the podcast and you know or you could talk about you, you know t- what? you can send us a technology question. yeah I ask us questions about tech or say hey, you know what I don't ever want to hear you talk about billboards anymore <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know there's one of those billboards right down at the bottom of the street down here right around the corner from that Mexican bar. oh really yeah oh. from that karaoke I probably place. look at it every day and I've just blocked it out of my mind <laughs> okay let's uh, speaking of feedback let's get to some listener feedback your turn this is your official call your official shout out your official uh plea for more listener feedback because we only got two. Oh, really week, john hunko chatter no hunko chatter no hunko chatter what um, happened to superfan now i do want to say that i did send the um listener feedback of the week prizes to our two previous i sent them today 
So sorry for the delay, but I did send them. Maybe that's why we're not getting any feedback because people know that I'm not going to send them anything. But we we will take your listener feedback. Our email address is two johns at zoomtown.com. T W O J O H N S at zoomtown.com. And we pick a listener feedback of the week, and that listener will receive something interesting that we've collected, cycling related. We've got what do we have in our trading cards? We have like cycling, pro cycling team trading cards. Uh, let's see, thunder sticks have been very prominent. Stuff that we've collected from bike races or you know trinkets from uh, trade shows. You know what I've got that I might throw in? But I have the Phonak theme song from a couple years ago. It's called Go For It. There's a Phonak theme song? There's a Phonak theme yeah. song. That would, so you'd put that on a disc and send it to somebody? Yep. Okay. So, you might even get the actual disc with the, you know, it's got all this Phonak stuff and some techno woman on the ah. cover. It's very she-she. Okay. So uh, you can send us an email to johns at zoomtown.com. You can find that also on our blog, which is twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. And you spell that out, all one word, T-W-O-J-O-H-N-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.blogspot.com. So uh, we only have two here. Do you want to just take one? And sure. It? Go ahead. Sure. Now, it's, not just, so, it's just not just any normal feedback of the week that's going to get that Phonak CD. It's got to be an exceptional... Okay. Exceptional one. So this is the call out. Okay. To, Go ahead. to send some email. Okay, this one comes to us from uh, Shane, who's emailed us before. So thanks, Shane, for another email. And it says, Johns, I enjoyed the podcast. I have something to say about the Garmin 305. Oh. We were talking about the Garmin uh-huh. last week, the Garmin uh, GPS cyclo computer. Is this a Garmin rep? Uh, it doesn't say he is. Uh, it is really cool. I have one and thoroughly enjoy it. I have had no problems with it, and it is really easy to use. If there is any way to finagle one, I highly recommend it. Mm. Can we I, borrow yours? I got. Listen to this. <laughs> I got one through my flexible spending account for healthcare because it has a heart rate monitor. And oh. those, are approved, those are an approved purchase. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, so tax-free. I also has a health, have a health savings account. So Yeah. You know what? A power tap or an SRM has a heart rate monitor on it. <laughs> well, I think like good food should be on uh, – you, know, you should be able sure. to if – you're, if you're lowering your cholesterol or uh, making yourself healthier by eating right, then you should be able to use your uh, health savings account money. You know what? I was talking to my dad about that this weekend about the health – he calls it a cafeteria plan. And I said, well, you know, I can pay for my parking on my cafeteria plan, health, health savings plan. Uh-huh. And he said, well, you know, yeah, it's anything that you use for work, any work expenses. And I'm like, well, you know what? What if I ride to work? If How I just- could you use parking on your cafeteria, on your health, on your health savings account? Yeah, health savings account. How? Why would you pay for parking out of that? I can pay for if I spend six hundred bucks a year on parking. Uh huh. I can. I can basically. Have that 600. Well, you know how it works. I mean, have that 600. I don't know why, because it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with healthcare, but you can take that expense that you would normally spend. Um, you know, you're paying 600 pre tax dollars for that. I don't know why. I thought parking, that doesn't make any sense. It but, doesn't make any sense to but me. But you either. can do it. Okay. I am currently. And you it. can get a Garmin 305. 
So by that logic, though, if I ride to work, right? Maybe I could new bike. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. So thank you, Shane, for that email. All right. Um, all right. The next one from uh, from somebody's name that apparently we pronounced correctly. Uh, John and John. So I almost got some two Johns swag. Oh well. So it sounds like this person's willing to have another go at it. You did a great job pronouncing my name. Very impressive. As most people mango it pretty badly. Yes. Lock. L O C K. Miwa. Is my actual name. Male. Not just a stage name. Right. <laughs> Lock is Scottish and Miwa is Japanese. Lisa Arndt is the sister member of Team Apache that told us about your podcast. And yes, every Tuesday night and a lot of weekends, we mix it up with the Triple X guys. That'd be the Vin Diesel team out of uh, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> what is Triple? Is it like a team of uh, porn actors or something? I don't know. I, they're not all bald and <laughs> driving uh, hopped up uh, Asian cars. And the Cliff Bar guys and the South Chicago guys. Aren't those known as Sox fans? <laughs> South Chicago guys? And a lot of other great base, Chicago-based teams. There's a lot of good racing going on in the Chicago area. You know, um, there's a blog that we like out of Chicago, which is that Skinny Bikes and All. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a, I like that blog. I do, too. Although uh, it has, they, have, they haven't posted on it lately. Don't know if we've ever crossed paths as the only IRS races I've done were Dan Daly's Tippecanoe Lafayette Race Series. It was the only IRS race I did each season, but it was great. It was a great venue, and I really miss it. See if you can work on Dan to bring it back. Keep up the good rate. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Lock Miwa, Team Apache. Well, thank you very much for the uh, for the. Words of great work, and I don't think I have any influence on Dan Daly. I don't either. I think I did the Tippecanoe race. It's kind of flat, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoy it, though, Locke. Um, I, I know that I've done, let's see, he did a race, the Winnemac. Uh-oh. The Winnemac um, race in northern Indiana. Another flat race. But then again, just about any race in northern Indiana is going to be pretty flat. Definitely. All right, so what do we think? Um, we have two emails. Are, are we even going to award an email prize this week? Uh, or wait till we get more emails? I don't know. I guess we have two of them. They can compete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, Locke, um, Locke seems a little bummed that, that he, didn't that he missed week. it. Yeah, I so, wanted to let Locke yeah, no, win, I, and then you... Uh, I overruled it and said Hunk of Cheddar because Hunk of Cheddar gave a nickname. Okay. So so why Locke, why don't we, I mean, Locke has a real name that sounds like a nickname. <laughs> That's the best of both worlds. So do you it want, is. Do we say Locke is our uh, email of the week? Yes. All right, Locke, congratulations. Locke. You will receive something in the mail. Oh, I have a um, – I think I have some musette bags left over from Tour Georgia. I'll oh, cool. Send Locke a uh, Maxis musette bag. Some of those Dan Daly races are long enough to need a, a musette and a hand up with some. Uh, that you must have someone handing the bag up to you. Yeah, Don't true. start the race with the bag. No. <laughs> Put in some nice little ham and cheese sandwiches. Wrapped in up in foil. Yeah. All right. So, again, if you'd like to send us an email, and we would like you to send us an email, send it to two Johns at zoomtown.com. All right. That's it for this. All right. I guess this uh, 
This does bring to a close. No, no observation, <laughs> closing comments. Um, My closing comments are I'm going to approach next week with an open mind and do the Tuesday night group ride and then report on it. <laughs> you know, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with giving it a shot. And it, it's 30 mile an hour speed work. Right. With two good climbs. All right. And you know what? Actually, the put the. And lots of danger. Oh, if you like danger, this is the place for you. Speaking of health savings accounts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hope, uh, hope you enjoyed this one. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. You have been listening to the Two Johns podcast. Want more of the Two Johns? Visit www.twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. That's www.twojohnspodcast.blogspot.com. Or send an email to twojohns at zoomtown.com. Enjoy your ride, be safe, and if you ride with the two Johns, please don't be a half-wheeler. Two Johns at Zoom. <laughs> That's it. Ah! Okay. <laughs>